Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Diva Behavior, the podcast. I am Molly Molshine, your celebrity analyst. And I am Sarah Armour, your celebrity astrology investigator, and we are bringing all the hard-hitting stories of this week to you. Some people think Diva is a diva to you. Would you say, are you one? I never said that. Diva Behavior. Great, uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. Diva Behavior, the podcast. Our theme this week is rich people problems because rich people are just making a lot of noise this week. There's been a lot of movement in the rich people area. So Sarah, can you tell us astrologically in terms of diva divination, why is this happening? It's happening because we experienced uh, the second of three squares between uh, Uranus, the planet of change and um, sort of flipping everything on its side, there's a square between Uranus and then all of these planets in Aquarius. So specifically, there was a square, which is like a tense point between uh, between Saturn in Aquarius and then all of these planets in Taurus, including Uranus, the Sun, Mercury, Venus. And so basically, when you have all these planets in Taurus, what everybody cares about is money. What everyone cares about is value and, and having their stuff and hoarding their stuff and feeling like they have what they need to be safe. But then this square energy is kind of going, okay, but like, it doesn't really work for all people. You know, Aquarius is, is the people, it's the collective, it's the globe. It's like the whole bigger conversation. And so what we're seeing in the collective is as, as we're evolving out of this time and into this, you know, new era, while the collective is sort of going through these like earthquaking shifts that ultimately will change the fabric and the landscape of our society as we know it, the money, the people with the money are kind of like grasping for, they're like, no, it's mine. Don't change yeah. the systems. Or they're escaping to try to escape whatever the, like the, the government or whatever the people are actually calling for. They're going, but we have the money and we want to keep it. So there was a real, there was a real, um, I think that that's that tension between what is the structure and how does it affect my bottom line for the rich people? Right. So I think that was a great explanation. I think the really exciting thing about all the news stories that we're seeing this week is the outcry against all the rich people. So one of the, one of the main commandments of the diva behavior universe is we don't shit on female celebrities for being quote unquote irresponsible with their money because or for flaunting their wealth. Because yes, it's annoying, but the billionaire men are the ones we should get mad at. And they're usually the ones that are keeping it under wraps so that we don't know about it, so that we'll get mad at Cardi B for buying a Birkin instead of getting mad at Elon Musk for busting unions. So what's happening now is we're finally getting mad at the rich guys. And that is so exciting to me. So let's talk about First, the ultimate rich guy who doesn't actually have any money, but is like a rich guy in the public imagination, Donald Trump. 
Absolutely. His, his ban, his Facebook and Instagram ban is being upheld for six more months. And of course, some people are excited about this. Some people are upset about this. What do you think about this, Sarah? You know, I'm sort of conflicted about it. I definitely think that free speech is a really important uh, constitutional right to uphold. I also think that he, in many ways, he is a domestic terrorist. I mean, I don't know if I would have felt this way. His whole presidency, not fine with me, but like, all right, you know, there was implied racism, the Proud Boys stand by, you know, there's all the things that we were like, well, I don't know if I'm okay with that. But it was on that January 6th insurgents where they showed that like basically like pregame tent where he was, it was like watching a guy like either in, it was like war room, but like kids soccer game style. And so he was really like just watching with his family. They're playing, you know, eighties classic rock and basically rallying everybody to go march to the Capitol and fight. And at that point I was like, "Mm, this is a problem. Like this, he can't. Looking like a full-on giant's tailgate. Looking like the really though. Looking like the policeman's union, the PBA tent at a giant's tailgate. No, it was literally like right. It was Meadowlands vibes. Yeah. And the, what, I'm trying to remember the song that was playing. That Don Jr. is then like doing his little video. Yeah. Oh, I think it was Olivia. What's this? Gloria. Gloria. And that is so rude to Itanya because that is the best song that like epitomizes Itanya to me. I was like, how dare you? But so you're saying that you think that he became ban worthy when he actually started inciting this in such a direct way because yeah, yeah, before that happened, obviously he was saying things that to us read as like clearly racist. Bit of a menace. Yeah, nothing thinly veiled about it, but to people who are so naturally racist already they don't see it that way they just think like well why can't we talk about the border like this and it's like well yeah we can but the problem is i think that when we call it a free speech issue we're missing the forest for the trees because it's not a free speech issue it's a social media monopoly issue and it's a lack of fact checking issue it's facebook pretending that they don't have the resources to fact check because If you had from the beginning of Trump's candidacy, if you had fact checking under the tweets like they did in the beginning, I mean, that would have been so much better and more fair. And if you had more, just more enforcement of fake news policies and anti-propaganda policies on social media, the real problem to me isn't Trump's tweets or Trump's posts. The real problem to me is all the other crap. And they're using Trump as like a figurehead, like, oh, if we ban him, people will think we're taking care of this right-wing propaganda problem. And they're not. They're just not taking care of it. Well, and I think it actually goes deeper than that, which is that I mean, did you watch that clip I posted with Marianne Williamson and Russell Brand? I didn't watch the whole thing, but I love her. I love her and I love him. And basically, he was asking her, you know, as somebody who ran in the 2020 election, you know, what were some of her reflections or, you know, why are, why, he was basically saying, why is the party more afraid of Bernie Sanders than Donald Trump? Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to put words in her mouth. Everybody go watch the clip. It's great. 
but she's she really calls out the media and specifically the liberal media for I took it as they're being as corrupt as we think of the Murdochs or we think of Fox News. And so I think like the larger, larger issue here is that everything's fake news. And the larger, larger issue, like to whatever varying degrees, we now have come to a place which at, at the beginning of the Trump presidency, I would have said this is a really bad place to be because it's really dangerous for us to discredit journalism because it literally is how people get news. But now as we've moved through this four years and we have insiders that I've, that I, I'm not talking about QAnon, I'm talking about Marianne Williamson, who I really respect, you know, lifting the veil on the other side too and going, you know, this person's taking cues from this person and all of a sudden the, me, the, the news gets, you know, focused in this direction. And it's like, damn, it's literally all a game and think that there's this issue with politics actually equals policy and no one seems to remember that anymore now it literally is just it is just like two sports teams it's it's the cowboys and the giants yeah. being like yeah. well it's game time and it's like yo maybe we should actually just like try to get along yeah here's the issue the issue is with conflating media with journalism because they're not the same thing whoa tell me more about that that is really interesting what you and i are doing right now is media we are creating media we are being the media and to whoever is listening to us literally mediating these news stories we are media magazines are media social media is media media is mediating yeah so some of it is entertainment some of it is information But journalism is what George Orwell said is journalism is anything that someone doesn't want you to publish. Everything up to that point is PR. So yeah, MSNBC and CNN is basically PR for the establishment Democrats, the same way that Fox News is PR for Republicans. Like to call it journalism, once in a while, they will engage in some real journalism and real reporting which reporting in terms of finding information and uncovering information, but well, I think most reporting, I think of it as being a fact, like even in coaching, when I work with clients and we're talking about like a breakdown or something that happened, when they start to tell me the story, I, I'm like, some, it depends on what exercise, but I'll be like, don't tell me the details, report on it. Like it's the scene of a crime because when people can actually report versus share or, or like, that's the difference between bias and unbiased, right? Like if you're actually just, I mean, and that being said, of course, there are things that you would or would not notice based on your own personal biases. But in general, when we're reporting on the scene of a crime, we're just telling you the facts of this moment. Of but also that's not even unbiased. Nothing is unbiased. And I say this as someone who has worked as a journalist for years. Like when I was a small town journalist on like the city beat, just covering crime and police reports, the, the police reports, they're treated like the Magna Carta. Like the police are treated like the ultimate primary source and whatever you get on the police report is treated as absolute unquestionable fact. And we all know that that's not always the case. So the issue that is people don't understand that journalists are not omniscient. Journalists don't have this all seeing eye that knows everything that's going on. Journalists are relying on the information that they can get and the information that people are telling them. And there are so many, this is just an example with the crime scene example. There are so many arrests in a city in any given day that there's just not enough journalists to go and look into every single one and find out what the, what the suspect's point of like version of events is versus 
the cops version of events. So that's where we get into this thing where we don't ever talk about that. We don't ever talk about the fact that there is inherent bias in every single thing. And that's not evil. It's not wrong. It's just a it's fact. Just it's, it's, it's like even in a fight with a boyfriend, you see it. it it's right. not like, it's just normal. What we need is more trustworthy media. We need more journalism. We don't need to demonize all of it. And what we do now is we demonize all of it. And it's like, okay, let's talk about TV news. Cable news is entertainment. Like we, it shouldn't be called news. It should be called something else. And yeah, but then I think it gets confusing too, though, because it's like, okay, well, I'm thinking, what is journalism? And then I'm like, okay, well, it's the New York Times, right? But now the New York Times really is, to me, the New York Times mirrors. It's because at the end of the day, what, re what we're really, really talking about is business. And everyone's just trying to sell papers or sell clicks or sell. So at a certain point, journalism isn't even really what people are buying and so the I, I do feel like like how do we know the difference from this is a departure from what we were going to talk about but actually, no, I it's tell not. You what it is exactly it's exactly what we were going to talk about because this is the conversation of the moment astrologically too which is going like okay saturn in aquarius and jupiter in aquarius are both going hey how are the people going to connect, especially if they're not in real life? What's going on with the technology? What's going on with the mass communications? We need to actually draw attention to this. And then there's this Uranus and Taurus being like, I'm shaking up the earth. I am rocking your values. I'm rocking your bank accounts. I mean, they're going to be huge fights. Sorry, let me, I, I can't lean back a little, but they're going to be huge changes in the banking system. I mean, cryptocurrency. Well, here's the thing. Let me tell, let me tell you why this is what we're talking about, because the issue is, yes, even back when in the golden days of newspapers, when my parents both worked full-time at newspapers and we were able to have a normal middle-class existence in that way. My People grandpa were, was a journalist too. You're what? I'm, I'm from a journalism family too. Oh my God, that. I didn't know that. We'll talk about that another time, but that's awesome. But so the thing is when people were buying newspapers en masse, they actually weren't mostly buying them for the journalism. They were buying them for the classified ads and they were buying them for the funny papers and they were buying them for all that ancillary stuff. So now Facebook and Craigslist killed that business model. So that's why there's no more journalism because it used to be you sold the newspaper as a whole. So you needed one selling point in the newspaper and then you stuff in the good journalism because there's a few of your readers are reading that because it matters. But no matter what's happening, you always have that going on. But now- so, I totally forgot about the funny, you're so right in the growing up, right? I remember being with my grandparents who my grandfather was a journalist his whole career. He was an editor. He's still writing. He goes, mm -hmm. writes like, you know, doctor's books now. He's oh, like 86, so cool. just typing up people's life stories. So cute. But it's like, he, right. Every Sunday we would like get the paper and open right to the funny pages and do the crossword together. Right. It actually was still using entertainment to sell. Right. But the promise was that you actually also got this other information. Right. Whereas and you were now, supporting this other information. Right. Like you were going, okay, and I trust. And there, right. There was a trust. There was like a belief because there wasn't so much. I mean, I feel like now because everything is sort of separate, but has to be entertainment in some level. Right. Exactly. Really every single. Journalism. We're not every, even interested in yeah, every single article has to ha carry the same amount of promise as an, an entire newspaper used to. Like you have to be, it has to have as much 
like legitimacy and make you want to click as much that the entire paper used to. And that's why I hate when people use the term clickbait because I'm like, okay, well, you're not reading the good journalism because if you were, we wouldn't have to be doing these tantalizing headlines. Like you're all, everyone pretends that they're, that they're on this constant search for unbiased news. And I'm like, no, you're just looking for some stupid thing to read while you take a shit. Like, don't pretend well, that or you're, you're looking or you're looking for something that validates your point of view. Like, that's what's so crazy about like the whole vaccine thing and the whole, you know, I'm not anti-conspiracy theory because I also, you know, I'm an astrologer, I'm a cultist. I totally get that there's always more going on Mm -hmm. than the eye can see. That being said, I am blown away by the amount of propaganda shared within the spiritual community. And it's like, in many ways, the argument is intuition or like a gut thing or this just feels right or wrong. And whereas as a spiritual person, I say, okay, cool, trust that. As a- Rational person. Uh, caring humanitarian, as like a person who cares about other people, it, I know, I, it's like, there's a part of me that wants to be like, even if it is a conspiracy theory, unless you're gonna do the research and do a full documentary on it and take it to con, where it will then also be viewed as entertainment, I don't want to hear your opinion on it because you're not actually, none of this is, I mean, there are so many people out there going like, show me something that Trump did that was racist. And it's like, there's plenty. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And like, show us the stats. It's like, there are plenty of stats. And like six people with the vaccine. No, I'm not getting that. It's like, dude, we take birth control since we're 12. I, I could have been covered. I might've been covered in blood clots. Like I, I, you know, (laughs) I'm smoking cigarettes and drinking soda. Like, I I can't be that afraid of what I'm putting into my body. Fucking chill. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So the problem is because Facebook and Craigslist and all of these tech companies killed newspapers, there is no more vetting of information. And that has good points and it has bad points. So Black Lives Matter would not have happened if everything had to be vetted through newspapers still. And that is because of white supremacy because it's baked into every single institution. And when you have an institution that's governing the information, it's going to reflect that. So the good part of not having that vetting anymore is that we hear from marginalized people, but the bad part is we also hear from psychos and they have an easier time finding each other. And it's way easier to like militarize and radicalize people. So this is the problem. It's like, okay, Trump being banned from Facebook and Instagram, is it an assault on free speech? No, because it's a private corporation banning him. Like I thought that Republicans were the party of private corporations are people too. But where it is an issue is there like Facebook has a monopoly on social media and information. That's the problem, like a worldwide monopoly. So like, if this is what it takes to break Facebook up into tiny little chunks, and even Marianne Williamson was tweeting that today. She was like, at least this will help break Facebook up. Then yeah, that's great. But then we have a new problem of, okay, well, how are we vetting the information with the tiny chunks? And like, what if the little tiny chunk of Facebook in a really red district just becomes an even worse version of- Well, that's that's exactly the problem. It's like- 
that's the big question I think when it comes to like globalization, right? Like, and like global media, because on the one hand, you want everyone to be on this same page. You want to be able to create a level playing field. You want to be able to broadcast to all people. But at the same time, the more broad that it is, the less trust there is, the less invested people feel, you know, so, you know, and, and I think the reality is, and I hate to sound too conspiracy theorist, you know, Republican here, but like everybody, like something I've really come to understand is like everyone is living in a different reality. Yeah. And even if the stats say all the things, or if we all get vaccinated or we all don't get vaccinated or we like, like whatever the pandemic brings brought has brought in, everyone's experience of it has been totally different. Our takeaways are all totally different. We were so with ourselves this year that we can actually hear our voices loud and clear now. And they're really, you know, so I'm all for there being more of an internal, like I don't mind people going off a feel thing. I live my life off a feel thing, right? Yeah. But I do think it's really dangerous when there isn't, I guess ultimately that is why if I had a party, although I think the whole thing's changing, I am a Democrat because I do think there should be some kind of an agreed upon code of conduct. And because everything is biased, it's like, let's view it through this lens. Let's agree to view it through this lens. I think the issue now is that like the American promise is not actually the lens that we're viewing things through. So even if everybody's reality is different, but we're all in agreement that America is this melting pot of rebellious, you know, new ideasville, even then we can't really agree on what we actually care about as baseline issues. It seems insane for it not to be like children, education, like social issues are everything, but there's no baseline anymore because even what it means to be a patriot to some people means I'm a white supremacist and to other people, it means I employ. I'm a communist. Yeah. Right. So there's no baseline now. I mean, I ultimately think that this could end for real, for real. in just like a civil war. Yeah. Like I'm for big big government, but in small places. Yeah. I, just to be clear, I'm on the communist side and like, (laughs) I don't, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm so like, that's the thing. Like that's not why that clip was so interesting because Bernie Sanders is the only one that makes sense. Right. Only one. He's the only one that cares. Yeah. Only one that cares. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. The other thing that is so wild to me is just the hypocrisy on both sides. And again, I'm not saying they're equivalently evil. I really do think that Republicans are a different level of evil and messed up. But, well, but now there's like different versions of Republicans too. I like know. That's what's crazy. Right. That's the crazy other thing. Yeah. Like I am like a socialist, but then if I talk to a libertarian, I have more in common with them on a lot of stuff than like centrist Democrats. It's really funny. Right. Right. But the thing that's is that- it's all going to change. The language is all evolving. That's yeah. really the thing. More about media and journalism. It's that like the vernacular is changing. Yeah. And a lot of people in the middle just have brain worms. Like I saw all these tweets the other day, like the Democrats, they love to say like all the neo-libs, all the people who are like hashtag resistance, like Trump is a Cheeto. Those people love to say like, oh, we're the party of science. We believe in science. And now those are the same people who are like, I'm still going to wear a mask outside, even though the CDC says I don't have to, because I don't want people to think I'm a Republican. I have seen so many tweets saying that 
this girl I know, she tweet or this girl I follow tweeted like, oh, I don't know what to do about the new guidance. It seems like I'm nervous to, to stop wearing the mask, which is completely understandable yeah. because it's, we're going through coming out of a traumatic time. Sure. Like talk about it, figure it out. But then there it's was also like, unknown. That's the issue with media and journalism too. It's like, we're reporting on something with very little data. And it's the CDC. It's not even the, it's not journalism. It's just what the CDC is saying. Right. The CDC so it's is government. It's a, right. It's government, but it's like a private part. And, of the CD, and the CDC has already flip-flopped on so many other things. So I completely respect and understand people who don't know what to believe, but there was like five people who responded to this and were like, oh, I'm still wearing it just because I don't want people to think I'm a Republican. And I was like, you, you have brain worms. Like you're crazy. It's so funny. It's, I guess this also could bring us into our next issue of Caitlyn Jenner, which just sort of reminds me of only because yeah. I used to wait. Work- also, before we one more thing, I just want to say real oh, quick yeah, yeah, yeah. on the mask thing, and then let's move Make on. Make a to note Caitlyn. of the time so you, This is easy for you to edit out, but no, yeah. I'm not going to edit it oh, okay, out. I'm okay, just going to okay. leave I, it. Just, okay. <laughs> but just well, one more thing, I want to say on the mask thing. It's so well, funny. I have other, yeah, I've got some mask. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Everybody in London, London has like barely worn masks. They've like grudgingly worn masks. People have not worn masks outside in London because the science does show that COVID barely passes when you're outside. And like, again, if you want to wear it outside just to be as safe as possible, whenever the infection rates are really high, hundred percent go for it. But no one in London has worn masks outside. I would be the only person on the street in a mask, like even in the winter time. And like, it's just so funny to me because all the right-wingers here are like, oh, Europe is socialist and they have all these rules. And it's like, no, like, yeah, we, we have a socialist healthcare system in London and no one's wearing masks outside and no one cares. So it's just like, it's so not wow, black and white. So right, well, it, well, it comes down to marketing. At the end of the day, it still all is. That's why it's like, there's such, there's such a disconnect between, at the end of the day, because it is a capitalist society, everything is business, which means that every, like, right, the the, the Kate and William video was a PR thing. Yeah. Like, every piece of communication that is shared and like, is yeah. trying to contribute to some bottom line. And it's not, as like you said, football team in the UK. Like, yeah, everyone hates the Tories, but like, it's not as much of a, like, no one is wearing a mask outside to own the Tories in the UK. They're not like wearing a mask as a political statement. They're just like wearing or not wearing a mask, depending on what they think is safe, you know? And like- Right here, it's like politics for sport. That's like what exactly. it's just it's sports and you have a team and you want to win and you kind of get to know the players and you, yeah. you know, I, 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 it's, I, the irony too is like, I would consider myself a super progressive. Like, I don't know what, am I a socialist? Am I Democrat? I, I am a, I'm the moon party. Okay. Join the moon party. Come to the moon. <laughs> I'm a peopleist. I care about people. Yeah. And I think I started smoking cigarettes almost one of the reasons specifically because I never wore a mask. Not that I not am pro mask or that I didn't wear a mask in stores and stuff, but outside I was like, I don't know. When you were when you smoke cigarettes, nobody comes near you and then you don't have to wear the mask. And yeah. it's sort of this so like I actually was doing the I'm I'm doing the other thing, which is I'm smoking cigarettes to just look like I'm not a Republican. Like <laughs> I literally And to make I mean? people so like, social distance from you. Yeah, like I was just creating, I was trying to create the thing with like, I would rather you think I'm a smoker than that I don't care about your health. I don't care about my health. And like, that was more important to me than like, yes, yeah, seeming like I wasn't being a concerned citizen. Yeah. 
It's, yeah. So, okay, let's move on to Caitlyn. So, Caitlyn Jenner, we know that she is running for governor of California because, sure, why not? She is a major Republican. Um, I had always said in the beginning, like, I think Trump is going to use her to push the bathroom ban, but she was anti-bathroom ban. But so she released, she talked to Fox News and, and all these videos, uh, somebody on Twitter, Aaron Rupar on Twitter, broke them up in a really great way. He broke them up into tidbits and there's just so much craziness. So Caitlin says to Sean Hannity, she's complaining that her friends are leaving California and the guy with the hanger across from hers, as in the private jet hanger, was, pa- well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a helicopter hanger. Maybe she's doing right. an Uber, maybe she's driving Uber copter out of the goodness of her heart, but it was a hanger, whatever it was. Way, it's not public transportation. Yeah. She said, the guy, my hanger, the guy right across, he was packing up his hanger and I said, where are you going? And he says, I'm moving to Sedona, Arizona. I can't take it anymore. I can't walk down the streets and see the homeless. And that's like, okay, fair, but you're like, nobody wants homelessness, but to treat it as like this cosmetic issue, like it's just ruining the look of the streets. Like, like you're just one big HOA is crazy. (laughs) She says that she's opposed to transgender girls playing sports against cisgender girls, which of course is a super complex topic. Very complex topic. Uh, And she just says a bunch of other stuff. So what I think is so important about Caitlyn Jenner is that she obviously is transgender, but she doesn't really hew to the standard stereotype of what a transgender person's politics would be. And I think this is really important and it does a lot to humanize transgender people. I think it's going to really help the way that Republicans look at transgender people, uh, even though I completely disagree with pretty much everything that she says. Is there something in her chart, Sarah, that explains why she is, she, she doesn't allow her ideas and opinions to be shaped by what people think they should be based on her identity? Well, it's interesting. So in her chart, she is a Scorpio sun directly. So she's a two degree Scorpio rising and a four degree Scorpio sun. So she really is here to play the role of like exposing the underneath, right? Mm -hmm. So she's showing us this transformation. She's showing us what was really going on for her, right? She let us in in that way. But her Mercury... And her south node, meaning her thoughts and her voice and the way that she formulates and understands the world, and her south node, meaning her past life expertise, mastery, are in Libra in the 12th house, which is very unconscious. So the issue with her is that she is exposing who she is before our eyes. Mm -hmm. But then in terms of like her thoughts and ideas, they're a little bit, it's almost like they're coming from a different like the part of her that was like, I'm actually a woman. I think there's also the part of her that maybe, maybe it hasn't evolved yet, but that's also like, and you care about money more than anything. And you care about, I think that she's not totally, she is showing us this exposure, but, but she isn't, it's the same way that Demi has her Mercury and all that stuff in the 12th house where it's like, Oh my God, she doesn't really know what she's saying. Like, or she's saying it. And then like, and then she's hearing it. I think Caitlin, commits to opinions of things or commits to commits to a point of view aside from whatever benefits her. But I think it's also that like, she kind of doesn't want to think like, I think when she's in the thinking zone, 
Mm-hmm. I, I, and I imagine that probably, and I, I, I allege, I'm speaking, allegedly I'm speaking out of turn, I don't really know, but I imagine being someone who is transgender, especially in the case of Bruce's experience, where he really then leaned hard into sports and leaned hard into his masculinity, even though apparently he's been wearing heels and lipstick since like the early 70s, you know, like, mm-hmm. but he was denying what was true for him for a huge amount of his life. Right. So I think for us to now see this, what seems like, you know, like, why hasn't the whole package evolved? Because things take time and it's one thing at a time. Mm. I used to work for a real estate firm in Washington, D.C., and it was like the premier real estate firm, Washington Fine Properties. And it was how many jobs have you had? It's so funny. I am. That's why I now don't have any job or I have many, I wear many hats, but I am completely unhirable. Like I've been fired a year to the day from like, <laughs> not earlier from like so many jobs. No, I, I, I am not to be employed. And actually they get to it, one of the things I want to say about Caitlin's chart too, which I'll get to, but it's like, I used to work for this real estate firm. Everyone there was gay. It was the gay real estate firm, but everyone there was Republican. And I remember asking my boss, like so sincerely, so we had a pretty good relationship. I was like, Matt, how can you be, it was, it was actually during all like the prop eight conversation too. And he had a partner who he was with, you know, and he was like, oh, Sarah, like I was a Republican before I was gay. And I just thought, what, what a strange, like, I just was sad. I was like, what, what a denial of self. Like you think your money and protecting your money and playing this like conservative character is more important than your essential rights. And so I think that that there's, I think this is a common thing and I don't really know. It would be interesting. That's why I think my friend Alyssa would be great to hear from this, but it's like, there's a thing, there's a common theme here where it's like, I think for people who are having an especially hard time, accepting their own identity in whatever way, whether it's their sexuality or their gender or whatever. It's like, I, I do think there's an element of like one thing at a time. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a really good point. And I think that a lot of Caitlin's, you know, I don't want to say blind spots because I'm not trans. I don't know what it's like. Like for me as like a woke sort of progressive person, I'm like, Caitlyn Jenner is wrong about what benefits her. And that's not cool. Like, I shouldn't be saying that. I shouldn't be saying it's a blind spot. It's not my place. But I do think like some of her points of view have to do with being a boomer. And some of it has to do with just being rich, literally just being insulated from the issues that a regular trans person would have to do. Like Caitlyn Jenner, as far as we know, has never had to resort to sex work because no one would hire her because she was gender non-conforming. So like- She's honestly not that pretty. <laughs> I think she is. I actually but think so, she's now. She, she, yeah. Yeah, she looks amazing. If you're going to be trans, be a, be a car Jenner. I know, I know. That's Wait. also like- side note what makes me not judge people for getting plastic surgery because yeah. I'm like I love when trans people get plastic surgery to look oh. the way they want to look and then one day I was like wait a minute why do I feel uh sensey about it when straight women do like well, why such, I put a pin in that because I would love to talk more about that I yeah. have such mixed feelings like why can't we all look the way we want to look like that's what I think my platform as president is everyone gets 30 mm-hmm. grand to get whatever plastic surgery they want. Right. Well, you read my mind because the answer is because nobody can afford it. But then right. there also is this, I don't know. I, I, to level talk- the playing field. We need to level the playing field yes, because yes, it's not yes. fair. All the nepotism Hollywood girls are getting all the modeling and acting gigs when it, gigs when it used to be a working class woman's game. And so 
That's because the working class women were pretty and the rich girls were all inbred. Now it's not fair. Bella Hadid can buy a new face. It is not fair. That's my platform. But so the whole thing is, I think- playing field for faces. (laughs) Right? Imagine if I got 30 grand for plastic surgery. Like I'm already like decent- and then if I so had that, no, we I, would, I would have been famous by now. But exactly. so the thing about Republicans is some of them genuinely believe in like trickle down economics. They gen- genuinely believe that without regulation, everyone will thrive, which That's I'm like, we're talking about different realities. Right. And I'm like, what they can argue that point? And it's like, like point to a civilization where that worked, uh, the Confederacy. Yeah, because there was slavery. Like, right. that's what happens when you don't regulate. Like, yeah, some people were really rich, but it's because they had slaves. But like, some Republicans genuinely believe that a lack of regulation is the way to go, and they also feel that they're not against abortion, they're not against gay marriage, and they think that it's those are just tools to distract people from the economy. So, right. like, I think a lot of people who are, you know, gender nonconforming or gay or people of color who are Republicans, they, a lot of them think that liberals are using this stuff to benefit themselves. And, like, when you see Nancy Pelosi and all the other Democrat House Democrats wearing kente cloth and kneeling instead of you know, legalizing weed and getting all the black people out of jail who are in jail for weed. It's like pretty hard to argue with that. That was a tough one for the Dems. I, well, that's where it's like, I used to be like, I'm a Democrat. And now I'm like, I care about people. I'm a progressive thinker. And like, I mean, no, the the kneel, the African kneel was like. Yeah. And, And imagine if you were a black conservative, you would be like, this is exactly the shit that I can't stand. Like, this theater, this like pretending, like not taking any action to help black people since the seventies or the sixties, you know, this party, like ever since Bill Clinton, it's just been like, "Mm, we're just going to go more and more and more right wing, but we're also going to be the looking down on you and pretending that we're the good people when we're actually not doing anything. We're just like using the right words like that. That's annoying. So I get it. Like I get why Caitlyn Jenner is like, you know, I don't believe fully that the Democrats have trans people's best interests at heart, even though I, I disagree. And I think the Republicans are monsters to anyone who's nonconforming, but I get why. I I actually don't. Yeah. I get why, right. I understand that point of view, but I don't, I think that's wrong. I think that is, I think what, what she's doing is actually, I mean, everyone's just projecting, right? Like Mm -hmm. she's actually drawing attention away by calling that out as a non-issue. Do you know, like it really is just sports. It's like, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, pay attention to this. No, this is the most important thing. It's like, at the end of the day, our planet is about to explode, you guys. Like, where are we going to talk about how to actually not evaporate into the atmosphere? Right. Like, oh, and now we're pretending we care about women's sports. Like, since when? Right. Since when do we give- Women's sports don't make any money either way, so who cares? Yeah. Like, this is my whole thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, it, it is unfair. If you actually are a woman who's really good at your sport and someone who was- living with male hormones until fairly recently comes into your sport 
and dominates, yeah, I would be really pissed. I would be really annoyed. But guess what? I also sucked at sports. And like the girls who were good at sports were mean about it because I was a cheerleader and they were like, cheerleading's not a sport. And I'm like, all right, well, now how does it feel to be the one that sucks at sports? Like, it's not fair. Sports are never fair. Like, I hate when we... (laughs) That's funny, Molly. Like, we're pretending that sports are this like egalitarian utopia when you take gender out of the equation. Like, no, they're not. The other thing that is so interesting to me about this sports debate is that I just think sports, the sports that we celebrate right now are so patriarchal and they all have to do with like male strengths and stereotypically male behavior. And I would rather just break it all down and come up with a new type of sport that prizes both female and male strengths so that we don't have these two different categories because I think it's really retro and second wave and it's not cool. I think it's called comedy, baby. We're here. I think you're right. Well, right. I mean, I think that like the the issue too is that it's all, first of all, it's all case by case, right? So like if somebody is, if somebody is at the beginning of their transition in high school and they really haven't started to shift their, I mean, although that being said, I almost, I almost want to stop myself even here because it's like the truth is I have no idea what the stats are. If you did a test, not that we even should care this much, right? Because right. who cares? Right. And there aren't that many good female athletes. Like, you know what? You could still be as, you might play up. You might even be better if you're getting crushed by some, you know, ex, like hormonally, hormone boy that's now a, a trans woman. You, yeah, you know what? Why don't we, you want to play in the team above you. If you're JV, play varsity. So I feel like we should like, I kind of like a healthy competition for the record. Like I'm not, I, yeah. look, we're, you're talking to two comedians who play in the man's world. So we're not, we're like, yeah, we'll play with boys. Who cares, right? Yeah. But I do think it'd be interesting because like at the end of the day, we're talking about like hormones and estrogen and testosterone as if we know. It would be interesting to see in terms of like, if you did a, if you did a, an actual study of athletes, both male and female and trans, whatever, like just people who were achieving high levels of sports, you know, uh, accolades to actually test their hormone. Like how much testosterone do you have? How much estrogen? The women who are better probably do have higher levels of testosterone. Like there's this uh, runner named Castor Semenya. She's from South Africa. And she was the subject of this huge scandal a few years ago because it turned out that she was intersex and she had no idea. She had, or she wasn't intersex. She just had this condition where she had way more testosterone than everybody else. And I think my mom has that. <laughs> I don't think she came home one day. She's, she's, she's like, I tested for high T. Really? Yeah. I used to do jokes about it. It's like, that's why I'm a big spoon. That's ultimately why before I got into astrology, now I know it's because we're Capricorns, but like, I really did think I was like, well, yeah, like my mom, my mom has the energy of like a 40 year old guy. Is she really good at sports? <laughs> um, she was a weightlifter. She, she sort of became more sedentary. <laughs> she became more of a sedentary party girl after my parents lost all their money and they opened a doggy daycare in the home. So it's hard to say, but yeah. she definitely has a lot of punch (laughs) like I could see she isn't gentle I remember she used to brush my hair and she'd be like ripping snarls out of my hair and be like it hurts to be beautiful so like you know know, what do you call that like definitely a woman definitely feminine but you know my dad was is way more sensitive than my mom my dad I would if I were going to put my parents I would say my my mother has triple the testosterone (laughs) like we don't make a clip of this he will kill himself you can put it he'll never listen but no my i would bet you a million dollars my mother is toppling my father in testosterone 
that's the thing. Everybody has a mix of both. And like, it's not an exact science. And like, there are so many athletes who have other different biological advantages that nobody cares about. So it's like, why do we fixate on this one? But at the same time, I do understand that it's not as simple as just like the minute you start your transition, you go into girl sport. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what what I want to say is like, just to argue a point of view that I have never thought of. And I don't even know if what I'm saying is about to be right. I did the first draft is the first thought, but like, actually just to play the capitalism game while we're here, wouldn't you think that having uh, trans women on women's sports team might actually make the franchises some money? <laughs> we like watching the better athletes. Like, right? If we had a Caitlyn Jenner style athlete in the women's sports. It would have been way more interesting. Oh, that's so like, fucked up and so true. Caitlyn dunking on bitches. Like, so if, if if at the end of the day we're going to okay, let's America. What do we believe for America? What is constitute? What what are our values as a country? Money are our values as a country. Corporations, and we make so much money off of these male athletes in colleges. We're making nothing from the women. Right. A couple of trans women could really actually help us all settle down a bit, you know. So yeah. At the end of the day, I'm surprised by Caitlin's opinion. Because, right, like, what do women's sports do for you, Kate? Right. I know. Why like, do you care? When has Caitlyn Jenner ever stood up for anything I else feel like that's women's like, sports related? I feel like Loki, she's just flexing to be like, and I'm still a better, I'm still a superior athlete. Like, I'm a woman and a superior athlete. Like, she was actually just trying to sun us on every level. Yeah, she's like, in case you forgot about my Wheaties box. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was the best guy and the best girl. Like, yeah. Right, like if he like if he was competing, him competing against the men, like because actually the joke I tried to make a joke right when he, when she first transitioned to be like, oh, of course she like I went the other way where I, my joke I, and it stopped because people like I don't know it was insulting, but I, I used to make a joke on stage like, of course she was the greatest athlete of all time. She has the body of a of a male, but the soul of a woman. Women are fierce. Like if we had. If I had testosterone, I might be way more successful. You know, now I'm like, I'm going to yeah. have You know, like I could use a little pump. I'm, I'm trying to medicate. I'm trying to drink coffee, take out. I'm trying to do anything to get up, you know? Coffee lowers your estrogen levels. So you're on the right track. Well, you know, I'm feeling, I'm, my facial hair is growing in every day. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, there is one thing about her chart though, that I think is worth mentioning. Okay. Which is that her North node. Okay. So her, the purpose of her life. The purpose of her soul's iteration is in the same place as Lilith, the divine, dark, angry, Adam's first wife, feminist, outraged in Aries, which is I am me personally. It is a very selfish sign traditionally. So I think Caitlin on some level is living her, her purpose because she is meant like she is here to be controversial. She's here to show us the other. So in mm. every case where we would think, okay, well, this must be th- the case. It's not. And then we think, okay, because of this, it must be the case. And it's mm. not. And because of this, it must be the case. It's not. And so mm. in, in many ways, she really is an example of a divine feminine goddess uh, because she, that is the sort of primal. She's here to become that primal outraged feminine like the system leader yeah so 
even if it's coming across as selfish or, I mean, you know, she's kind of heartless. She's a, she's a one degree Aquarius moon in the third house. So she's kind of like, who cares about the people? I mean, she left two entire families before she married Kris Jenner. She's not like deeply feeling in general, regardless of her gender. But I do think that she is meant to upset us. Like, I think she is meant to get us going, okay, wait, another, okay, a different opinion. Okay. Let's hear you out because she's here to kind of just throw just like, almost like culture back at itself. And it is what she's doing. Yeah, you're so right. And that's really interesting. And I love thinking of her as a Lilith figure. That is fascinating. And she's meant to become a Lilith figure too. So like, we actually want to encourage, like it's not natural for her, but that's what she's supposed to do. So it's kind of like, they cheer her on, even if she's a part of whatever wrong conversation. Yeah, I mean, look, her complaining that uh, her private jet buddy is leaving because homeless people are too um, like annoying and like agreeing with transgender sports bans. This is going to be so confusing for Republicans because they're gonna be like whoa like I agree with her what what's happening and like that as much as I disagree with the things that she's saying is progress like right like you said for her to throw that back at the culture and be like hey look like I am not what you thought I was on so many levels is you know no one else is doing that and it is gonna move some people it's gonna shift some people forward even if those are like some of the crappiest people so yeah, I think that she really is. I mean, I think we're seeing a fracturing of all the parties. Again, not mm. down for the African Neil Pelosi. Not you're a cool, you're a cool one, but that in bad taste. Not cool. Yeah. Party, party foul, Nance. So we're all <laughs> making party fouls out here. No party is perfect, but I do think that um, Caitlyn is important. I mean, did you watch like a, what was the show? Her. She had a reality show right when she was transitioning. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. It was incredible. Really? It was was called I Am Kate, right? I Am Kate. You only have to watch the first episode. The rest get a little reality TV. that. The first episode is great. Why? Because it is... I mean, it moved me to tears, like, mid-episode. Like, she is so... She is a real person. And she does happen to be the best male athlete in the world. And now I guess trans, but like, what an interesting journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is someone who buried all of her self-denial into achievement and did it. Is that the most Scorpio thing ever? Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, right. Talk about burying stuff, but then that intensity, not having a place to go. Right. She went the other way. She tried to go, no, I'm so straight. I am the best. Yeah. And she talks about how like that was a conscious choice she made. Like she decided, okay, well, from a young age, I knew I wanted to wear my mom's clothes and I I knew I was kind of like a cross-dresser. And she actually did tell her wives throughout the years, like I'm a cross-dresser. She wasn't saying I'm trans necessarily, Mm -hmm. but she started hormone therapy actually like in the seventies. Yeah. Like like late, like, yeah, like late seventies, early eighties. Like she, so she's been on an intensely private journey publicly. And so for her to actually expose, like in the same vein of Joe Biden's wearing diapers, Caitlin (laughs) being Caitlin is a huge win for the Scorpios and for like, she is here to go, you know what? I'm not what you think I am. Even after she, like, she created this whole persona and then destroyed it and now is building up this other one. That is a 
Scorpio rising, Scorpio sun, early degree. She's reinventing how we think about intimacy and, and, and gender identity. and all these identity and all these really internal things that we don't usually give voice to. So I, I do think she's really important for the culture. Mm-hmm. I just think in terms of, you know, I don't necessarily think we'd have like fun at a party. I think she's probably not my type. Oh, but, I think um, you would. I think you would. I think Caitlin would be the kind of person where like when I go to a party, like I always talk about politics. It's like my go-to and my, because my parents, that's what we talked about. Like when I first heard someone say, oh, you shouldn't talk about politics in mixed company. I was like, wait, why? What else do you, you talk about? Yeah. So like, I always will talk about politics at a party and like, I will very frequently find myself talking to someone who's like very conservative and like we can have a civil conversation and it's like enjoyable to hear their perspective as much as I disagree with it. And I feel like Caitlin would be that kind of person because- Yeah, like, you're right. It's like, my, like you're right. I have a lot of friends who have like rich parents, like rich Manhattan parents who at the end of every party, everyone's too drunk. And then we get into a debate about whether a 17 year old should be able to get an abortion or not. And, but yeah. like we can laugh, we can laugh about it. Although I do find myself leaving a bit peeved. So that, that, you yeah. know, I can't, I can handle a, a discourse, but then I, I find that for myself, I have certain things where I'm like, okay, but that's just like, now, now you're, it's like, there's a difference between dangerous political ideology versus just like ignorant or dumb or like, you know, economic that I don't really know about, you know, but like when, when, you know, it's like, yeah, if you, if you get raped at 17, absolutely get an abortion. This is not a, well, how are we talking about this at the 16th birthday party? Like, what, yeah. what are we doing? You know, so I feel like Caitlin's, the Caitlin's like that, like, where it's like, we're having so much fun, we love each other, but then there would be something that the everyone gets too drunk and the party starts talking about a certain topic, and then I feel like I would just be like, we gotta go, we gotta yeah. go, I'm gonna get in a fist fight, we gotta go, you know, like. I also, the, the last thing I want to say about Caitlin I love about her is that not love, but find so funny is that she has done so much to distance herself from the Kardashian brand, despite the fact that it made her, I mean, obviously she had her Olympic stuff, which she was really famous, but then she was in a pit after that. She was in a dark pit, Chris. Yeah. She was Chris's first client. Right. Chris brought her back to life. And the thing that's so funny is like, she even spelling her name with a C instead of a K was such a calculated thing to be like, I'm not a Kardashian, but look at her. She is a Kardashian. She's throwing smoke bombs at the culture to get people talking. That is what the Kardashians do. That's why people follow them. And I just think it's so funny that she thinks she's like different somehow. And you you kind of wonder if like, cause like even on the season a little bit, I've seen clips where they're talking about how like Caitlin wants to do this. And then it's like, I don't know if mom will be okay with that. Like, I, I almost feel like there must, because we also know that Chris is a serial cheater and like does her own thing no matter what. Mm. I almost feel like part of why this is so sensitive for Chris is not actually because she lost her husband, but I think Chris is like, how dare you try to separate from me? Like, I think she's, I think she's like, I made you. Like, and like outmaneuver like, me. It's like, yeah, I can get like, three. I, like, I can have. Client. I'm your manager. What the hell? Yeah. She's like, I can have three daughters pregnant at the same time, but unfortunately no one in the family is trans. So you're always going to have that. Uh, piece I think she of wants that issue. I think she wants, yeah. I think she wants to manage this and she's yeah. mad that she took the business from her. Yeah. I also think she is genuinely like, I can't imagine what that would be like to find out that your partner was, but you she know. she didn't find out. When they were dating, he was cross-dressing. It's not that crazy. I know, but there was not as much of an understanding of it. And right. some straight cisgender guys just like to cross-dress. Like oh. that is a thing. And the other thing is they have, uh, they disagree on whether she knew or not. 
like Caitlin says that Chris knew early on and just was like, all right, well, let's just, you know, fight it a little and like, let's just pretend it's not happening. But Chris says that she never had any clue. So nobody really wow, knows. I would like to know more about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Because so, it also goes down to like how much people, also with Scorpios, and Chris is also a Scorpio, it's mm-hmm. like what we think we're communicating versus what we're actually communicating. Mm-hmm. So much goes unsaid that we, but then it's unclear whether we said it or not or how we said it. I think that they're really an interesting Scorpio match. I know. It's wild that they're both Scorpios. Now let's move Mm -hmm. on to Elon Musk hosting Saturday Night Live this Saturday. So people are really pissed about this. And I don't know why, because it's very clear that Elon Musk is, you know, sort of a cartoonishly evil billionaire while at the same time being (laughs) in entertainment. Like he went on Joe Rogan and smoked a joint and like tanked his company's stock. Like he is like a stunt artist entertainer and people are so angry about it. And I'm like, he is showing us how ridiculous and buffoonish he is on a daily basis. Like, why do you want that hidden? Why? And again, I'm talking about like neoliberal people who are like, he shouldn't be given a platform. It's like, why he's showing us how dumb he is and that's great so what what can you tell i think me? he's i think he's showing us how dumb we are oh I think that's what it is I that's don't, and profound I, and so true and i don't think he's dumb at all yeah i think he's having the time of his life sure. i think he is brilliant i mean the reason that we can even have any of these conversations let's not forget is because ultimately he was just a straightforward startup guy he created paypal I use PayPal every day. Huge success. Huge success. I think that Elon is, so his chart is really interesting. So Elon, well, do you want to guess? Do you want to play the guessing game? Oh yeah. Let's play the guessing game. I don't game. know his rising because I don't believe I have the time, but we do know his, we can do like sun, moon, you know, whatever you think. Okay. Ooh, this is a tough one. It's going to surprise you, I think. Okay. I feel like he's got some Aquarius in there somewhere just because he is an outside the box thinker. Like, and he does sort of come up with stuff that is no one else has thought of. And you're nodding. So I'm really proud of myself. And there's something there. You're not done though. And it's, I'll say this, it's not his sun or moon, but you're right. Okay. I think he's got some Sagittarius in there too just because he goes for it with a lot of stuff. Like he just kind of shoots his arrow, either Sagittarius or Aries, I feel he could be. Uh, And I think maybe some Libra, because I feel like he's good at equivocating and convincing himself that the world needs him to travel to Mars instead of solving world hunger. Like, I think you have to have some sort of like superior self-gaslighting skills to think that anyone needs SpaceX. That's really funny. Okay, these are incredible guesses. So first things first, he is a Cancer Sun, Cancer Mercury. What? I never would have guessed that because I always think of Cancer. I know with the claw, they can like latch onto things, but I always think of them as being super emo. And he's so not emo. Like he, if you have ever read his first wife's essay for like no dying to send to me because i was even gonna think it would be so interesting to do 
I could prepare for it. Like, I would love to see his and Grimes' relationship. Oh, that's why. What a so, match. What a real match. I know. I actually loved it when that they happened just because it was so unexpected, even though I think he's kind of not a, not a net good for the world. I, and I love her. I was like, okay, this is so chaotic and I'm down. But so Justine Musk, his first wife, she wrote this essay about being his first wife, about how, like, she thought he was just this nice, like, tech nerd. And then suddenly she found herself getting blonder and blonder. And at their wedding reception during their first dance he whispered in her ear just so you know i'm the alpha of this relationship and like look at him before plastic surgery he was so butt ugly like for him to be like i'm the alpha is hilarious but so that's why i'm surprised he's a cancer because from what i've read about his personal life like he is not a mush he is like a total weirdo well i think that this is a huge misconception about cancers okay I think it's, I mean, if you have a cancer moon, it's a little bit different. Um, and if you have a cancer, you know, it's all, it all depends on how it's shaped, right? Cancer moons are very emotional because their moon, their moon is moving with the moon, right? So they can't help but every day to be going through the feelings of the everything. Cancer risings are very self-protective. They're in, they're guarding themselves. But cancer sons, myself included, we actually have sort of like, it's a very queen energy. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's sort of the energy of, you know, it's stability, it's home, it's safety, it's comfort. It's uh, and that makes me think of like the queen on the chessboard can move wherever she wants, which is how Elon Musk operates. Exactly. You get it, Molly. You're such a good writer. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. The, the cancer is the, even like, so I, so I do the moon yule, right? And I'm a life coach and I'm an astrologer and I care about people and I am deeply sensitive. That being said, I'm not like, the reason I can do this work is because I'm also not that, I don't cry when I get off the phone with clients. I can handle all of your darkness because mm. I'm actually, it, it, the cancer energy can be with darkness and the cancer energy more than anything with that mommy vibe cares about control and cares about being so it's not that cancers are just like basket cases it's that a cancer can make themselves cry and doesn't care whether they're crying in public or not like we actually are able to use emotions in a way that is strategic we're, we, we, yeah. we are the surfers of the ocean. We master the feeling. So it's not like we're like, oh, the moons are a little bit more like, oh, cancer suns are like, oh, feelings. Let's do it. Don't care. Right. He also has a Virgo moon. So he has this desire to fix. He has a desire to to do that detail work. He loves being. Now, I want to be clear. Any man that has to proclaim that they're the alpha is in fact not the alpha. It's actually a vibe thing. It's actually- Also, I feel like he has a habit of not being, of dating women who are alpha. Like I think Grimes is, I mean, Grimes is like Omega. She's so weird, but she's not a beta. I would say he's actually specifically beta. Right. Like his first wife was not beta like amber heard is not beta like wait he dated amber heard yeah for a while i have so many wait we have to do all this astrology wait we we need to do more episodes i'm gonna come over no (laughs) i would love to look at amber heard's chart against elon and johnny because what an interesting journey i don't know what to make of her whatsoever i i mean i think i honestly i have no idea allegedly because of my brain i think she might have borderline personality disorder but oh fuck wait my computer's hold on i didn't actually plug it in give me one second okay um but I'm fascinated by 
um, by her. I, I'm just curious, like, what is going on? Why isn't she okay? Yeah, and, like, I think she, she's she been accused of abuse by, like, three different people. And to right. me, that's, like, red flag. Like, if a man was, right. I would believe it. So I'm like, okay, maybe she, I don't know. Like, I think the only solution would be for her to actually just start dating Sean Penn or something. Like, she just needs someone on her level. Yeah, or, like, Shia Like, above. beating women. Right, like, Shia. Right, there's going to be an abusive match for her. There's someone for everybody. Oh, that's so sad. I want her to just be cured and not be abusive, but... Oh, drama. Okay, but anyway, so what- here's the thing. I think that Elon is... He's a cancer Virgo. So it's not that he's beta. It's that he's the divine feminine. He's actually what? like... Yeah, he's a, he's a feminine... Because look, think about what the divine feminine represents, Right it's chaos it's um it's sort of in like working with the emotions working with attracting things to you at a great level so even though he is doing a lot of work it's you know as a virgo right we're talking about spacex whether he does it or not he's not really i don't know how many times he's been to space like he's like formulating plans and coming up with ideas and then sort of sitting back and selling it and being this, that's a, he's operating like a divine feminine goddess, right? He's, he's got that Virgo harvest talent. He can create anything he puts his mind to. He's really capable of doing certain sort of um, gardening, like, like. Yeah, but also his growing. spaceships keep blowing up. Well, here's the thing. And also like some people in tech think he's a bit of a huckster that What's he just, like a like a there's pay no attention to the man behind the curtain like he's not actually really seeing these things through to fruition like yeah paypal was good but he wasn't the only person involved in paypal and like the tesla has been like in fits and starts and like the hyperloop is not happening like a, a lot of his stuff never comes to fruition well here's the thing that's really interesting so you said aquarius in his chart right he has his north node the purpose of his soul's iteration which also means his south node. So his north node is in Aquarius. His south node is in Leo. So why do we see him as like kind of a TV show now? Why would he do SNL? Because his south node in Leo, that's actually where he's comfortable. He sort of has this energy of like, you know, an emotional little boy. Like I, I bet you- Oh, that makes so like, much sense. He's an emo- like, I, I think he was probably way more emotional as a kid. I think he, he, he was, a, you know, his mother was like a supermodel, you know? So he grew up- you know, kind of thinking he was special and feeling really safe, but then also wanting to, you know, having the space and the time to really be an inventor and take his ideas seriously like a Virgo moon would, right? His North Node, the purpose of his iteration is in Aquarius, which for all intents and purposes is outer space. It is global. Mm. It is bigger than global. It's cosmic. It's sort of like the, the systems, not the Capricorn Earth systems, the like inter intergalactic systems and his his north node the purpose of his life is exactly conjunct meaning in the exact same place as his mars so in his chart it it, it there is a mission to it is mission to mars this is a calling for him him taking us into space but using his sort of on earth feminine wares to get the money and then have us just doing this super experimental cosmic shit is what he's here for Wow. That's really interesting. That and crazy? he is, he is a really confusing guy. And I think that all sort of sums it up. 
Well, and the issue too is that his Chiron, meaning his like ancient soul wound is in Aries. So what we're actually seeing with Elon is like he doesn't have as strong as of a sense of self as he's playing off. Like he actually isn't that alpha. He yeah. actually is deeply insecure about who he is as a person. And so a lot of what he's doing kind of in the same, in, in a similar Caitlyn Jenner vein, like he's sort of trying to like go big because there's an overcompensation happening. And so I think sometimes when we see that his ideas are a little bit wonky or like don't follow any kind of like actual ethos other than like, you know, we're going to mine asteroids or we're going to live on Mars, whatever is because he is, there's a piece of his, and hopefully it's healing now because Chiron in the sky is he's having a Chiron return. So, so there's a healing going on for his sense of self. And I think having the child and being in this new place in his life maybe shifted that. But I like him going on SNL. I think he's a fascinating character. And why, yeah, I, why, why do you think people are so upset about it? Like, why it's, is it so crazy? I know. I think, well, part of it is just because people don't agree with his politics. Like, he's done a lot of union busting, and he definitely has too much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree with that, and I think that's really annoying. But, I mean... I, I like I said I don't agree with this whole thing of like don't give people a platform if you disagree with them. I think it's so weird. I think like yeah, put a bill, put every billionaire on SNL. Let me see them. You know you what? And I. That is what we should do with the billionaires. We should make them all do SNL, and like from there we can see how the because the truth is like the billionaires we are, we are putting money in their pockets. Like there are right. choices that we could make more consciously to not keep paying Bezos or to not keep like. We, that would be a way for us to unionize, for us to just judge all of the billionaires based on their performance on SNL and decide who actually is the talent. Right. Who do we want to watch more of? Who do we want to invest in? And I think the people who are angry about Elon Musk on SNL are people who look down on other people and don't think that they're smart enough to make up their own mind. I think okay. they, they think that they're, that people are going to see him on stage with Bowen Yang and fall in love with him. And it's like, no, people are going to see him on stage and come to their own conclusions about him. Not to mention in the same, like it, it also doesn't matter. Like the, the everyday man's opinion of Elon Musk, like that's, I think the, again, we're talking about why are the rich people all in the news this week? Because Saturn in Aquarius with that Taurus Uranus and all that Taurus energy, the rich people are like, we're the rich people because you're <laughs> in the space of like, is it going to stay that way? What is going to change? Can we keep going about it this way? So I think he going on SNL is like so intuitively perfect. Now it could, I think it could ruin his career. Like it's not necessarily going to go well. I mean, his North Node is in Aquarius with his Mars, which means not only is he going to try to take us to Mars, but he also could bomb or trigger people or really get, it could be bad when he chooses to broadcast, which as we know, sometimes it has been. Yeah. So I just, I do think that like, I would need to know, I need to do more research, but I think the issue at the end of the day, end of the day, is with all of these billionaires trying to stake their claim on earth in the media in either Florida, Texas, or wherever because of the gross homeless. What we're just seeing is, um, I, I think you're so right, just like how human they actually are. And fallible. That is- we need to understand that these people are fallible. They don't deserve to be billionaires. And we right. are the ones that can take that away by looking at what they're doing and voting accordingly. Uh, see, I hate the people who say that Elon shouldn't be on SNL the same way that I hated the people who were like, Trump needs to stop tweeting. Why should our idiot buffoon president 
be a buffoon in private. Isn't it better if we know what an idiot he is? I feel the same. And also, yeah. And it's just like, I don't believe in banning. I mean, obviously ban whoever you want from Facebook. I don't care. I was banned from Facebook for two days for (laughs) leaving a comment that said ban men from Congress. So whenever people are like, Facebook is left wing, I'm like, the people that enforce the complaints aren't left wing because- They ban people for being like sexist against men all the time. But I don't think that banning one famous person from SNL or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter is going to put a dent in the real issue, which is that the collective is misinformed and isn't listening and doesn't have media literacy. Like the issue is the collective. Like we, like you said, are all allowing these people to be billionaires. We are buying Amazon all day every day like it's not keeping jeff bezos on a yacht in like the mediterranean where we never see him is not going to stop that from happening putting jeff bezos on tv so that we can all see how weird he is that's going to make us think twice about bill gates is the subject of so many conspiracy theories and that's because he is so public i feel like he's so much more public than jeff bezos and like yeah i'm really annoyed at how much money bill gates has as well just basically based on getting to the internet first and his philanthropy is a cover-up for our government's failure to tax him appropriately mm-hmm. like we he's not a politician we can't hold him accountable with the ridiculous amounts of money he has the same way that we hold a politician accountable because it's all private and that's terrible and he has the power to change the world with the money that he has and yeah it's cool that he's changing it but why does he get to do that and the thing is like there, I was reading this BBC thing that was like why are there so many conspiracy theories about Bill Gates and it never it never got to the point of, oh, because he has too much money and we're scared about that. It was just like, oh, people that think this, people think that. It's like, no, Bill Gates is like, he has made it clear that he wants to change the world with his private fortune. And like, yeah, that's better than doing nothing with your private fortune, but it's also really freaking weird because no one else has that power. Right. Well, right. I mean, he's, I, I love this divorce. I love this divorce because I feel like, this is the first crack in the Bill Gates armor that we've kind of been waiting for. Because if you look, I, I you know, you know, I love a, a gossip, like divorce story. I live oh, for boy girl drama. Okay. And so I got into the research of this. That's why I'm like, we should talk about it later. Cause I did find some interesting stuff out or maybe I can, I'll make you a private video or whatever, but it's like, I feel like, okay. So Bill Gates, Scorpio sun, Melinda Gates, Scorpio moon. No way. And, Yep. And until 2018, they were doing tons of press, mm-hmm. tons of press about how they don't even fight anymore. They have a perfect marriage. Their marriage was a talking when I, in the, in the limited research I did, they have a ton of videos and articles and think pieces out about how to make marriage work. Now. Wow. We find out. Uh, is how to make marriage work being a multi-billionaire? Because I think anyone's marriage would be better if they had that kind of money. Like for them to give any advice 100%. about anything that isn't just be filthy rich is so disingenuous. Right. You lose your house. Lose your house and then tell us how it, how it went after, when you talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. You screw you. But, but I also think that you know, and, and we're finding out it also means having his own little Camilla who he had a Mm -hmm. agreed upon affair with every year, allegedly. 
since before he was married. When did they get married? So did they get married before he got rich? I believe they got married in 1984 and he was the president of Microsoft, but it wasn't like, it wasn't as crazy as it got. She was working there and he kind of slid, he like slid up next to her and was like, Hey, kind of cute. And she was like, you're not spontaneous enough for me. And she was played hard to get. And then they dated for quite some time. And he really saw her as like an equal in terms of business. And so the difference between it, it really was Camilla Diana all over again, because he was like, okay, well I have my Camilla, but like, she's never going to actually like, be my equal in terms of thinking about business and business partnership. And so I think this was a business marriage, a 27 year old business marriage that I, I am going to do more research, but something happened that changed her interest level. Cause then they cited like less than five years later, they're citing irreconcilable differences. The marriage is broken beyond repair. Like, well, I am dying to know what happened. And because there's so much Scorpio here, I think this other woman has a huge amount to do with it. And I'm, I'm going to do more research as to what come back next time. And I will have some, yeah, we'll talk more. And just to wrap, finally, last thing, we have a question from Ava of the meet my mutual podcast, friend of the pod, Ava. She said, do we think Miley's people were happy that Elon is the guest on SNL? Because she's, he's the host, she's the music person. And my answer to that is yes, because there is something that a lot of the people on here have in common today that we're talking about. And that is a connection to Joe Rogan. And I feel like they all are this kind of person that listens to Joe Rogan and goes on Joe Rogan and is like, oh, I'm an independent thinker. I'm not on one side or the other. And that I think is the way that Miley sees herself as well. Well, and it's kind of interesting too, because like this whole conversation was wrapped up in these questions of like, power you know and like what is the media and what is journalism and what is government and i think it's pretty interesting right all these super rich eccentric people lead back to joe rogan like is is joe rogan the next government like is he now like right entertainment and government and business is all so blurry that it's like actually the vetting party is joe rogan yeah. And he moved to Texas to hoard his wealth. He is part of this Taurus Saturn thing that you're talking about. He moved yes. to Texas to sign the Spotify deal on Texas shores so that he would pay less income tax. So it's like it, all these rich people just sort of picking and, picking and choosing everything from each party that suits them. I think that's Elon. I think that's Miley. I think that's Caitlin. 100%. I think that's Bill Gates. I think it's even Donald Trump. So but you don't get to care about people and then not care about people. It sort of is a one or the other thing yeah exactly like you're not a great person if you don't care about your listeners i I just that is a i I stand by that yeah and oh we can talk about joe rogan some other time because that's a whole nother can of worms thank you but i want our listeners to know we care about you we do care about you and thank you so much for listening this has been diva behavior with a side of diva divination my name is molly molshine follow me on twitter and instagram at molly molshine and I'm Sarah Armour. Follow me at Sarah Armour. And also follow the moon you will and join us on Tuesday, May 11th for our new moon ritual in Taurus. It's going to be super fun. We'll be there and we'll be talking all about our own sense of self-worth and values. And oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> Some people think Diva is a diva to you. Would you say, are you one? I never said that. Diva behavior. Hey, great gowns, beautiful gowns. Diva Behavior, the podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.